Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. I am your host, the Honey Badger, giving it to you straight in the RV business as always. Oh man, do I have a great episode here for you. We're going to talk about something we don't talk about enough on this podcast, and that's fishing. The fall freshwater fishing on the West Coast is one of the most fun experiences you could ever have, especially when it comes to the western and eastern Sierra Nevada mountains, when it comes to Utah, when it comes to southern Oregon. These are all hot spots, not only for trout fishing, and tremendous trout fishing, but also bass, catfish, uh, crappie. When you go up into Santa Barbara area and you go to uh, Kachuma Lake, right now here in September and October are two of the best months to crappie fish. Usually you go over to Triangle Island or Arrowhead Island, whatever they call it nowadays. And even though you get a lot of wind in the afternoon, in the early morning, the fishing for crappie is absolutely outstanding. And we're not talking about these little dinky things. We're talking about good sized crappie because they're spawning. It's very interesting to, to be out in the middle of that lake. I, I've done it several times where we've trolled for trout. <clears throat> this time of year, yeah, tough to catch trout unless you're trolling pretty deep. But the largemouth bass and the catfishing is also amazing, especially in Kachuma Cove and over by the coves closest to the dam. When you go up to places like in Bishop, California and June Lake, uh, Bishop Creek, Rush Creek, you're starting to get some of these trout to spawn. And you're starting to see the bigger trout start getting a little bolder. You go up to places like Sabrina Lake, you start going up to Lake Mary, Crowley Lake, you start getting a lot of feedback from, from not feedback, but like, like give back. Especially if you could take a couple of days off, grab a fishing pole, grab your travel trailer, or your motor home or your fifth wheel, and head out for a three-day or four-day adventure to one of these amazing places Everywhere from Utah all the way up to Montana, Idaho. Uh, they're, they're, we don't talk enough about the positivities in life. You know, for the last four months, all I've been doing as a human being is just hammering and hammering and hammering the news this is how it is. This is what the RV business is doing. All these updates, all this 
con trying to connect to you and give you the transparency that I totally forgot about the reason why we RV. We RV because we camp because, well, let's start with why we RV. We RV because the days of camping in a tent are pretty much over in a lot of ways. Now, not, I'm talking, talking about across the board. I'm talking about my wife. My wife has a bad back, bad hip. Laying on the ground anymore just doesn't work for her. We can blow up as many air mattresses as you want. I've, you have to understand, me now running two RV stores, and this is a little side note, so we're kind of sidetracking a little bit. Me running two RV stores, if you don't think I haven't slept on an air mattress several times in the last two months, you're crazy. You have to pardon the sniffling. I've got really bad allergies. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me. <clears throat> so if, if, and I'm in pretty good shape right now. I've been working out the last month and still my back is sore. I can only imagine my wife with a bad back and bad hips and bad knees, how she feels getting up out of an air mattress while we're out tent camping. It's also the creature comforts that, you know, when, when you're done with a hard day's hike, you went on this incredible three or four mile hike to be able to kick off your shoes and sit in that recliner or that theater seat and be able to warm up a cup of tea in the microwave rather than having to try to start a fire. To be able to turn on a small electric heater and wrap yourself around a blanket and maybe listen to some music or watch a fake fireplace. It's, it's not just a dream, but it's also a reality that we human beings, as we get older, need more of the creature comforts so we can keep it going. Those creature comforts come in a lot of different facets. A lot of people like hotel rooms. Some folks like Airbnb. But for a lot of us to own our own teardrop travel trailer or 45-foot diesel pusher or 45-foot luxury live-in fifth wheel, it is a... It, 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 it helps us keep going so we can keep the fly fishing going so we can keep those long days of hiking up a huge mountain or a great trail that you've been wanting to do so you can get up the next day and do it again and feel rested. <clears throat> Part of what I like to do as a avid camper and fisherman myself is get out on a float tube. So we've owned a few things. I've owned a travel trailer. I've, my wife and I have owned a motor home. 
And now we own a fifth wheel that my family full times in in Oregon while I'm working the stores in California, Nevada. One thing I've learned from my wife in all the years I've been with her is that you can't stop human the human need to want to continue things that make us feel good. And it isn't, you know, I'm not referring to sex or food necessarily <clears throat> or, or materialistic things. I'm talking about like, like when my kids, they're 12 years old and they're shooting bow and arrow for the first time. You should see the looks on their face when they accomplish shooting the bow and hitting the target. Uh, the first time that they helped me uh, fix something on the fifth wheel or on the motorhome, the Class C motorhome, uh, the look of accomplishment, like I accomplished something, now I want to accomplish something more. Now to their point where they can, at 12 years old, they can start their own campfire. The, the need to keep the things going that make us happy and drive us. And those are the things that we need to remember come from our heart, not from poli what politician is elected. And, and, and that's something that probably angers me the most about where we are in the world today is that we determine how our lives are lived based on who, what, which political party is in office. We decide, we, we let other people decide on TikTok and social media what the new trend is. And this is nothing new. It has nothing to do with social media because social media just replaced things like magazines and cable television and newspaper. The form of media changed that made people predetermine what their destiny was based on other people's choices, not on your own. Here's a great example. There, there, it, it, economies come and go. Economies have been good, they've been excellent, and they've been downright depressing. But yet somehow, 30, 35% of the people in the world come out ahead of any economic problem because they realize it is a roller coaster and they just choose not to go on the roller coaster with everybody else. They just stand aside and watch everybody else go around and go, eh, at least I'm not going to throw up. I, I talked to a guy today that was very interesting. He had a uh, he had a way about him that was very interesting. He would rather pay a lower interest rate than a lower price. It shocked me today. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, a, a man who walks in 
And, and what it is, it's the typical um, illusion that we have as human beings that everything has to be lined up in the stars for something to happen. Okay. Here's a great example. Uh, the big fish story. It just got a great big fish story today on a truck. Great guy. Love the guy. He's, he's a good man, good family man, great to his grandkids, great to his kids. But he comes in telling me the big fish story about how this truck he bought, the Kelly Blue Book, was $18,000 and he stole the truck for nine grand. Yet the truck was 25 years old. Twenty-five years old had I don't remember how many miles, but it's like that truck probably sold for twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars back in nineteen ninety-eight. So it only lost sixty percent of its value over twenty-five years. I want to do the math on that. I ne I didn't quite do the math on that. I know because I owned one of those trucks. So, 21,000 divided by 25 years. It means that truck only lost $840 a year of value. No, it's, it's, it's our concept in our mind that we have to tell the story that we got the great deal and we didn't get ripped off. But in reality, nobody, I mean, yes, there are terrible human beings in the world that rip people off. But in reality, most people are just trying to make a living. If they're a salesperson or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's somebody that owes us some money on a, on a trailer or on a car or on a boat or a house. And, you know, they're just looking to get out of it or maybe they have a bill to pay or a hospital or medical bill to pay so they're trying to get so much for their truck or their older boat or their old, you know, flatbed trailer. And there's a lot of stories like that out there. But it's like we have to convince ourselves that we got a better deal than anybody could have. And then we go tell everybody and spread a fib or an over-exaggeration of what kind of deal we got. And I, I say this because like somebody, I catch myself doing it when I'm trout fishing. I mean, even when you watch my videos on YouTube of me fishing on the lake, I get like the most adrenaline rush just watching a fish bite on my hook that I think everything's a monster. Even when it's a little four or five inch trout that I'm going to throw back, I just think it's the greatest thing on God's green earth and I just get all this adrenaline rush from it. I got this huge adrenaline rush when I was at uh, Kachuma Lake a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago during COVID, it was the first time we ever really tried the lake. <clears throat> we didn't catch crap on the boat. We had just a terrible time. We rented this pontoon boat on the lake we had this horrible time. I think my wife was the only person to catch anything and she caught a little crappie. 
And I remember we went to the shore and I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna shore fish and I'm gonna do an old school trout trick to see if I can catch some bluegill or maybe hook a catfish. So it's a, it's a, I call it a countdown rig. It, it's a rig where I hook up either a plastic worm or night crawler and, and I have a setup where I put the, 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 where when I cast out, it, it, it's almost as if the, the weight of the line, the, the worm and whatever I'm using for weight at the time counts down as going down. Like you can go one, 1,000, two, 1,000, it goes down about three to four inches a second. Now, while that sounds fast, in, in all reality, if you cast out with a big weight on it, it just goes and sinks right down real quick. So this is more like a slow countdown. And it's to make it look like the worm has pretty much died and allows it to wiggle a little bit and it gives them a chance to see it rather than sinking down to the bottom and floating up above the bottom. And all of a sudden, just... I was just watching this roll. I mean, I could not set the pole down. There were so many large mouth bass that were just hammering that setup. And there were fishermen all around me and they were getting skunked as a bad weekend. But I was catching four, five, and six pound large mouth bass. But when I was reeling them in, man. I was reeling them in as if they were 12, 13 pounders. They're like double the weight. I'm like, yeah, just yeah, big old strong man reeling in a, you know, a decent sized bass, but not the monster I'm making it out to be. And it, it just seems like we're all in that same hamster wheel when it comes to that. Oh, I got the hottest chick last night. We always, whenever we get the hot chick that sleeps with us or, you know, goes out with us, they're always the most voluptuous or they're always the hottest or they're always the curviest. It's like we compete with each other too much about whose ego is better or bigger. When it comes to this lifestyle, this RV lifestyle, we, we have to stop telling the big fish story when it comes to the deals that we get. One guy told me that he got 75% off MSRP on his motorhome two weeks ago. I'm like, so you spent 25 grand on a $100,000 motorhome? Oh yeah, paid cash. He brought his motor home today to get worked on. It wasn't brand new. It was 11 years old. He paid 25 grand for it. Well, back in the day, it went for $100,000. See, Nada says it went for 100 grand. It's just so funny what we put value in and what we, what we try to make ourselves out to be because we feel like if we don't feel that way, if we can't sell ourselves about it, then we made a financial mistake. 
Well, I'd like to challenge you to change your concept. So I want to read a couple of comments I got from TikTok that were disturbing to me. And they weren't disturbing because of anything bad. Um, more disturbing because just weird, um, like a weird vibe. The guy's uh, name on TikTok is Bunter Hayden. You can only imagine he what he is. Worst. This is regarding a video I posted on TikTok. I posted a 10-minute video on how RV loans over $100,000 work. Worst investment and worst depreciation thing to ever buy. I love that you have the same name as a black tank tote. It must mean you're full of S-H-I-T. It's very interesting how I'm transparent and tell people the truth and I get haters for it. I'm kind of used to it now. It like rolls off my shoulder. I just roll my eyes like, really? Somebody's going to comment on that? That was a Richard head. You can tell by the picture you're a very angry person. And again... It's on both political spectrums. When I pull up uh, Richard Head's TikTok page, it's full of favorited videos, pro-liberal, pro-Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Biden's the best president ever. I pull up Bunter Hyden, it's pro-Trump, 2024, Trump's the best, you know, make America great again. Yet one of the most American things that we do as a nation, as a culture, as an American culture, just like McDonald's, hamburgers, hot dogs in the ball game, they, they crap on it. And you're sitting there wondering why. Well, again, they don't understand the concept. Now, most people, if you're commenting on this YouTube page, or on, I'm not on YouTube right now, but if you're, if you're on YouTube or you're listening to this on YouTube or anywhere else that allows you to comment, you're probably thinking in your mind, <clears throat> well, there must be something wrong with these guys. Maybe they just can't afford it. That's that's fair. So guys on the political left and the political right that complain about this, yes, there might be some complaining about how bad depreciation is because they can't afford the RV lifestyle and they don't want to make themselves look bad or they just want to crap everybody out. But I believe it's something different. I believe that it's not just about money. It's that they haven't given themselves permission to do anything that is outside of what political spectrum they're on. I'm dead serious. You have a bunch of liberal uh, 
simp men out there that are ready to RV. You have a bunch of conservative supposed alpha male men that are ready to RV. And when you put them both together in the same pot at the same campground, they always find something in common. And that whole mindset of how terrible the world is and how bad Biden is and how bad Trump is and how bad politicians are in the RV campground, it goes away. The political left, the political right, the far liberal knuckleheads and the far right moron conservatives, when they come together, you'd never know who was Republican and who was Democrat at a campground. The only way you'd know is if they had a political sticker on their car or truck. And even then, nobody would care. Now, is there a small percentage of idiots out there? Of course there is. But for the most part, when you get out and you get on a lake, sorry about the sniffles, when you get out on a lake and you're out there with a fishing pole and your neighbor pulls up to you or somebody pulls up to you and most of the time they wave. They could be Muslim. They could be Buddhist. They could be from China. They could be from Canada. They could be from Norway. They could be black. They could be white. They could be Hispanic. They could be Asian. doesn't matter. When we all get to the campground, we all get to the RV park, when we get up in the mountains, when we get in the fishing lake, when we go and fish on the river, when we go and do stuff to get away from the rat race and the hell of everyday life, Skin color, gender, sexual orientation, religion, and culture get thrown out the window, and we're all one thing, and that's America. And there's nothing better than the American dream. And to this day, no matter how much the left and the right want to get all upset and all on their high horse about things, The American dream and the American culture is still the top dog because we have things that other cultures don't. And that other cultures have tried to copy and mimic for years, including camping. And I'm talking about tent camping, I'm talking about campers. The Eurovan was because of the American RV business. People will say, oh no, no, that's wrong. You You got that history wrong. No. Australia. They have campers, same thing. Again, very Americanized culturally when it comes to that. Now, while we did pick up a lot of great things from like Europe by the van conversion is huge here in the United States now. That's a European thing brought over, but the overall RV world of big motorhomes and big fifth wheels and toy haulers That's something very North American, including Canada.
I'm excited. I've been meeting all kinds of people lately, and it excites me. I've seen people that pull up with a Biden-Harris 2024 sticker, and they have this look in their eye of, we're about to fulfill our dream. It was an excellent story. So they came in, and they bought this little tiny travel trailer. And they have a small SUV. They don't have like a big tow vehicle, but they bought this little travel trailer. And they have a map of every single state and national park they want to hit over the next 12 months while they're on the road. They want to cross off so many things off a bucket list of things they want to see. And to me, it was just like, it doesn't, it just reaffirmed that when they hit the road, their political views will get thrown out the window. And they're going to go enjoy their life. Let's remember something, guys. Sorry. Man, am I really struggling today? I am so sorry. We only get one life. If we're lucky, we get 75 years. And I'm talking about good years. I'm not talking about like, we're going to be on our deathbed at 75. But the average person, if you even talk about my grandfather and my grandmother and people I know today, if we're lucky, we get 75 good years where we can do things without risk of ending our life too much. Now, as we get older, less things we can do. I'm almost 40 and there's things I can't do now that I could do when I'm 25 and you all can relate. There's stuff I can do at 40 that I'm not going to be able to do at 75. But we get one, one, <clears throat> one life and one life only. And if I could pass anything that I've learned from this business on is that that one life, you get 75 summers, 75 winters, 75 falls, and 75 springs. You get 75 Christmases, you get 75 Thanksgivings, and you get 75 New Year's. And generally, when it comes to RVing, And I'm talking about just the RVing part, not camping, not boating, not partying out in the middle of Europe. I'm talking about just the RV lifestyle. If you are allowing yourself to wait because you're waiting for all the stars to align, because you're waiting for Trump to get reelected, or you're waiting to see if Trump doesn't get elected, or you're waiting for the heavens to shine down and the pricing is perfect and the interest rates are perfect, you're going to keep waiting. You're always going to have an excuse why you're not doing it. Oh, it depreciates too much. Who cares? So do cars. So do boats. So do televisions. And sometimes houses lose value too. Everything in life that is bought with a piece of paper goes down in value 
except for a lot of times real estate is an example. Even stock prices go up and down, up and down. So would you spend the money? This is how I look at it. And I've tried to get people to look at it before. Would you spend the money every single year to guarantee yourself four weekends of absolute fun and memories with your family? Or would you rather go blow it on video games or booze? Or whatever addiction that we've all gotten ourselves into because of media, because of the access to our digital age. If you're 65 years old right now and you're trying to think how much money you're gonna leave your kids, you worked your entire life to build something for yourself. And I had this happen the other day. I had an elderly couple. They, they're about 68, 69 years old. Just not quite to 70 yet. And I got them a loan. Great loan. They called me and canceled the deal because they wanted to make sure that they could leave something for their grandkids. Now, while I find that very honorable and very sweet, I also sit there and thought, wow, this is really sad. They worked their whole lives, just retired last year, worked their whole life, and now they choose not to RV and do the dream and something they've been planning for five years years because they want to leave something to their grandkids. Now, while I find that very honorable, sweet, and loving, what are the grandkids going to do when they go to college? They're going to blow all that money. And they're going to enjoy all the money that their grandparents gave them that their grandparents didn't enjoy any of it, didn't fulfill their dream or scratch things off their bucket list. Now, for some of you, that might hit you a little hard, a little, little, little close to home. I get it. It's not a pretty picture when, when you lay it out like that, and it's not meant to offend anybody, but that is, that is a reality that faces a lot of people. It's a reality that no one talks about. Everybody's afraid to talk about the fact that we are all going to die someday. We all have an expiration date. It's just a matter of when. Whatever your religious belief in, whether you're, a, you know, believe in Jesus Christ as your savior like I do, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're Muslim and, and, and you, you believe in Allah or, or whatever religious entity you may believe in. It, it, we were designed with an expiration date in mind, it's what makes our lives beautiful. It makes what 
it, it, there's a lot of like movie uh, one-liners and, and monologues about it, about the beauty of life. Uh, the owner of the company I work for, fabulous human being. He understands that. He understands that he could go at any day, that we all have an expiration date. And as long as we have an understanding of that and don't stress about it, we start looking at life a little differently. Whatever drama comes in my life anymore, it just kind of rolls off my shoulder and, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Let's solve this as best as we can and then, Let's move on to the next thing. It's, it's beautiful. Long time ago, I get sentimental over things. Um, oh my God, his name was David. He was a postmaster for a post office. Like he was top dog at this post office in Southern California. We're going back 13 years ago. We had this 2008 or nine Terry travel trailer. Terry was built by Fleetwood. And um, it was like five, six years old. And my good body, my good buddy and my partner in crime back then, Sal Romero and I were um, talking to this customer and he came in for like two years from like 2011 to 2013. He came in every day, every month, I'm sorry, not every day, every month, at least once to twice a month looking around. I'm waiting until I retire. I'm not pulling the trigger till I'm retired. I'm two years from retirement. I'm not pulling the trigger until I retire. If that's you, you're going to want to listen to this story. It's both a happy ending and a sad ending at the same time. So the day he retired, he called me on my cell phone. And Dave came, basically made an appointment. He says, I'm going to come down and I'm going to find a trailer on that lot. But he said, first, I got to stop at the GMC dealership and pick up my new truck. I just paid cash for it. And I go, cool, Dave. Come on down. So he had this gorgeous, brand new 3500 uh, Sierra Denali. Oh, my God. The thing was, I can... I can Look at it now, it's, it was the old body style of GMC, and it just, to us, it was like this shiny new object, right? And everybody was surrounding the truck, and Dave is like, I'm John, today's the day. So I was busy with a customer, so Saul went out and showed him around, and Saul sold him this Terry travel trailer, used, pre-owned, wrote a check for it, hooked it up, sat all day. They got it prepped, got it ready, did a walkthrough, and he took off with it. He got it home, called me. I called him. Yep, got home okay. Hey, in two weeks, I've got this big trip to Bryce Canyon in Utah. He says, I'm going to send you pictures. That's how much we got along for two years. Like we talked to each other, we wished each other two Merry Christmases, two Happy Birthdays, and two Happy New Years. 
So I got to know this man very, very well. <clears throat> this is very tough for me to talk about, okay? Because this is one reason why I push so hard on people. Everybody asks, and I'll, actually, I'll get to why they ask me, but three days later, <clears throat> I, I arrive at the office, and I see Dave outside with the travel trailer. I okay, he must have found something wrong when he was at the house. and So I walk in, and his daughter and his wife are in absolute tears. And he looks like pale ghost white. And I go, Dave, what's wrong? And Art Hawkins, who was probably one of my favorite managers I ever worked for, said, uh, we're buying the Terry back from him. I go, Dave, what's going on? Well, apparently when he picked it up on Thursday, went home. Apparently Saturday, it's college football day at the time. I guess when USC was playing, <clears throat> he got excited during a touchdown throw. And he, like, had this weird pinching um, pain in the back of his neck. It was so bad, it felt like, like a knife was stabbing him in the something very sharp like a knife was stabbing in the neck and he went to the emergency room and uh, that was Saturday night so going to Sunday uh, they couldn't do anything Monday which I was off on Monday that at the time I was off on Mondays and Tuesdays Monday and Tuesday he got uh, tested and scanned and all the other gyrations and um Dave was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. They gave him, uh, they said they don't understand how he's still alive. And they told him he should get his affairs in order that it could be an hour, it could be a week, it could be a month, but he is going to die. So this guy who had worked his whole life And um, I'm sorry, I, I, I get emotional when I talk about this. But this guy I had talked to for two years had a bucket list of places he wanted to go. And he refused to do it prior to him retiring because he thought he'd never have the time. I've been looking for the letter. He wrote me this beautiful letter um, on his deathbed. He, he, died, he died 10 days later after we bought the trailer back in the truck bed. He, he, his daughter brought me this letter that he wrote me. Because I had been, I, I make a joke. I used to make this joke for years. The tape measure clothes. I used to take this tape measure out and tell people that back then, you know, average human being lived to 70, and I take it down to 60 and goes, how many of those are good years? That was called the tape measure close. I'm sorry. So I used to do this tape measure close. And um, so... I used to joke with him about it because he knew I would do it every time he came in and we'd joke and we'd joke and we'd joke and we'd joke. He tied at 66. A 66-year-old man, he wrote me this beautiful letter and the letter 
had his daughter's phone number and his wife's phone number and said, if nobody believes this story, call these two numbers. And he told the story. And it said, dear future person that says they're going to wait till they retire to RV. My name is Dave, and let me tell you my story. And I get emotional because I grew close to the guy. When I was an actual salesperson, I, I got so attached to my customers. Like I, I felt like they were family. And everybody used to complain to me. Why are you so pushy? You should stop being pushy to people. Stop pushing people. Stop being pushy. I was pushy because of this story. Because to me, after that, it was no longer about closing a deal. It stopped being about closing a deal. It started being about if I don't get these people to fulfill their dream today or at least get them started down the path of getting them to that dream sooner, not when they retire, then I would have no regrets if it happened again. Because my biggest regret that I have in this business is that I didn't push Dave hard enough. Back then, I was Mr. Everybody Comes Back and just going to follow up. And I was a real like, <sighs> I was a real pushover. I didn't want to make people mad. I didn't want people to hate me. And then after this experience, I'm like, if they hate me, they're one step closer to buying an RV. Especially when you get to know their story. I used to get to know people's stories. People would always go, how do you remember these things about me? And I go, I remember your story. I remember uh, Richard and Patricia from Calgary, Alberta. <laughs> January of 2014. I'm in Indio, California. While Bill Saley and I are out dealing with this temporary store. And uh, these folks literally were my first motorhome deal that I ever did. You knew motorhome deal. I was mostly a towable salesperson, but they were the first motorized people. I remember Richard had a fifth wheel already, so it wasn't like they weren't living the life. But Patricia kept telling me that they really want to own a pusher. It's like the last thing, like, to, to get into a pusher and drive across America and Canada. And 
live fancy free. <clears throat> and Richard was stubborn. And I could tell like one wanted it, the other one didn't. So I got him on a drive and I take him to Joshua Tree National Park. I unpack it, I put the awning out. <clears throat> Hopefully uh, Bob Rudy doesn't kill me, God rest his soul. Doesn't haunt me for this, but popped open a few beers. And I started talking to Richard and then I finally figured out what Richard's biggest fear was. Richard's biggest fear was if something bad happened while they're on the road, he wanted the money in the bank to be able to pay for any emergency. And I don't know why I laughed, but I laughed. And I remember what I told Richard, I said, I laughed. And I said, so let me make sure I'm hearing you right. Instead of you having a heart attack and peacefully going, knowing you did everything on your bucket list you ever wanted to do, you'd rather not do your bucket list that you and your wife have dreamed and talked about and have a heart attack, be rushed to the hospital on a, on a helicopter, then be taken to the hospital, have hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical debt, and you never got to do anything. Three days later, he shows up to the dealership and buys the motorhome. Oh, was he mad at me? He was so pissed off. Three days later, he comes in. You know what I thought about? Your, what you told me stuck in my head. He said, thank you for that. He says, if you didn't tell me that a problem and I didn't think about it that way, I probably wouldn't do this, but let's, let's, let's do this. We're going to sell the house. <clears throat> so he got all his money in order, Royal Bank of Canada, sold his house. And <sighs> Last I heard, they were somewhere in Vermont a couple of years ago. I had a great run as a salesperson. I really did. There are days where um, I regret getting into management. And there's days where I don't. I like the challenge of management. I like the challenge of what I do. I like doing the podcasts and I like doing the YouTube channel and I love doing Facebook and Instagram. I like doing the stuff that's associated with the media company that I own and associated with my boss, Glenn. And I love watching this thing improve and grow. Even in a bad economy, we're improving and we're growing every single day, every single week, every single month. But that run as a salesperson was legendary. One day, right after COVID lockdowns, my wife wanted to go to Vegas for her birthday. So we went to Vegas, went and stayed at the Red Rock Hotel and Casino. And um, I, had I had canceled my phone. That phone I had since 2009. Same 909-262-5338. That was my phone number. 
that was the cell phone number everybody from Jenny Garth to Bette Midler to several NBA folks from the gentleman that was the Ralph Lauren polo model to the guy that was in major league that was the general manager I forget his name all those fond memories of people that I've sold the firefighters the paramedics the nurses the doctors the first responders the military folks the plumber the electrician the oh my god <clears throat> the guy working at Walmart the the folks that just wanted to live the American dream. God bless America. God bless everybody. Don't wait. Waiting sucks. If it's not the RV life, if it's something like boating or or building your dream home from the ground up, chase it. Don't stop because Joe Biden's president of the United States or Donald Trump is the greatest threat to American democracy. Don't make decisions because interest rates are high. Don't make decisions based on... Don't make decisions based on what the news tells you. Make your own informed decision on whether you can do whatever your dream is. And our dreams change. I've always said this on this podcast. Our dreams change, our goals change as we get older. And God bless us, man. Oh, one more announcement. I am not going to go to open house in Indiana. I'm not going to the dealer expo in Indiana. I'm actually going to take some time off and go spend some time with my kids. And talk to the owner today. And uh, he asked me why I really want to go. And I really don't. And he even knows. Like, all I'm going to do is work while I'm there. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to rest. I'm going to video everything. And I'm going to do like a bunch of editing and a bunch of audio ads and he's like this it's gonna be no fun for you man you've been working your butt off since may 3rd and you haven't taken a day off and today's september 6th it was very much appreciated so i'm gonna do probably a podcast about open house but i'm probably not going to go so until next time, remember that RV stands for toolkit and sense of humor. Have a good night.